Hi again everyone, welcome back to the channel. Today we're discussing Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43 and it's a really long chapter well not really long but pretty long it's like uh, 28 verses and that's more than I just want to read out to you I think you'll get lost so I trust that you're gonna go get your Bible and you're gonna read Isaiah chapter 43 but when I was talking to God about what he wanted me to share with you today he was telling me that I need to get the theme of Isaiah 43 across to you the major undertones now the Word of God is manifold and it can go anywhere and any way. But listen, I want to give you some major thinking points, some things for you to meditate on. And remember, beloved, that biblical meditation is thinking about the Word of God and muttering it out of your mouth. It's like worry, but good. So you can do it. It's not like sitting with your legs crossed going, oh, it's not that. That's like Eastern meditation, and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about muttering the Word of God out of your mouth the same way you worry, thinking about it all day long. So let's get started. It says, Now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and you as a believer in Jesus Christ, and he formed you, O Israel, again, you as a believer, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Remember last week I told you that fear and fear not and don't be afraid and all those things were the most commanded commandment in the Bible. Here it is again. Fear not for I have redeemed you. It's very interesting. We get afraid because we think we've done something wrong. Right? That's why we get afraid. We think that something's going to go wrong, that we've done something wrong and we become afraid. We didn't prepare for this financial crisis. We did not whatever whatever we get afraid a lot of times because we think we've done something wrong and we probably have but Jesus Christ came and redeemed us it says fear not for I've redeemed you when you don't go to church when you don't read your Bible now I am not encouraging you not to go to church I am not encouraging you not to read your Bible I am not encouraging I am not encouraging you to sin in any way I'm just saying that a lot of times when we do find ourselves sinning or just falling short of the standards that we have set for ourselves we become afraid we become afraid that something bad is going to happen we become afraid at the very least that God will be mad at us but God says right here once you are saved fear not for I have redeemed you he says I've called you by your name did you know that God calls you by your name he calls you by your name he doesn't just know your name how many of you know that that's a difference you know when I was a kid in sixth grade I think the principal of the school came up to me and used one of the nicknames of my friend that we called her. We actually called her Never Neverland, which is just a weird thing to call somebody, but we called her Never Neverland because she was always just kind of with her head in the clouds. So that was her nickname. So the principal of my school came up and said, hey, where's Never Neverland? And it was really weird to me and awe-inspiring and I know I was a child but I was so amazed that the principal of the school knew her name and called her by name that's different than just knowing that the kids call her that right it's different and it puts it on a real personal level well God knows your name and he calls you by your name he has called you by your name I bet you didn't know that but a lot of the times when you think that you're thinking good things it's actually God talking to you and he'll call you by your name he will correct you he'll say hey but he'll say your name and he'll get your attention moving on he says you are mine when you pass not if you pass when you pass through the waters I will be with you and through the rivers they won't overflow you 
when you walk through the fire, not if you walk through the fire, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. That's amazing. Do you have faith to believe God that when you walk through fire, the flame will not scorch you? I don't want you to be one of those weird cult people that goes and burns themselves with fire just to prove this verse. But if you're in fire, you can claim this verse. If there's a fire around you, you can claim this verse. In fact, I know a really prominent and affluent pastor in Colorado that was evacuated several years ago due to a fire close to his home, and they claimed, I think Hebrews 11, where it says that fire did not touch them, but you could also claim this verse. And by the way, their house was not touched, but every other house around them was burned down. You can claim this. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. That's amazing news. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Do you know that God saves you in every situation, not just in heaven? Like I shared a few weeks ago, I was on my barrel horse and my ex-barrel horse, and she started to buck, and I said, Lord, 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 and he saved me. In that moment, God was my Savior. It's like that Carrie Underwood song when she says, Jesus, take the wheel. In that moment, Jesus is her Savior. So Jesus is your Savior, not only for heaven, but now, here on this earth, today, He's your Savior. Let Him be your Savior. I'm just going to kind of move along here. Verse 10 is really interesting. It says, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen. And He says why He chose us. So that we may know and believe God and understand that He is God. What's really amazing about that verse is he doesn't say, I chose you because you already believed in me. He says, I chose you so that you could believe in me. Think about that. God chose you so that you could believe in him, not because you believed in him. God chose you so that you would know him not because you knew him. And God chose you because he wanted you to understand him, not because you already did understand him. And what's more, the God of creation wants you to understand him. How many times have you thought in your own heart, I don't understand God, it's God. But God chose you so that you would understand him. How does this work? In the New Testament, Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us. God lives on the inside of us if we are born again believers. And so we have the mind of Christ. And the Bible says we know all things. And I'm sure that you're butting up against me saying, well, I don't know all things. I lost my glasses and they were on my head. Of course, I don't know all things. But the Bible says that you do. I know that I personally walk in this. I believe this. That God wants me to understand Him. He wants me to know all things. So I constantly am pushing forward. I shared this in a video recently. Maybe, or maybe I said it when I was preaching to somebody. But one of the things that I do or try to do is when I go to a new place in town that I've never been before, I don't use Google Map. I say, Holy Spirit, show me where I'm going. Show me the best place to park. Show me where it is. And I trust God to guide me. One of the things that I also do is when I preach these YouTube videos, when I preach in front of people, I don't prepare. I might look at a couple things just to get a little little bit but I don't have any notes on Isaiah 43 except for that I'm preaching on Isaiah 43 that's it I don't have any notes on it everything that you hear is completely revelatory in the moment from the Holy Spirit and that's because I believe this verse God chose me because he wanted me to understand him 
He chose you, you, because he wanted you to understand him. That's amazing to me. So moving on, verse 18 is really important. Verse 18 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Again with the knowing. I will even make a road in the wilderness, and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me. Now first of all, I, I constantly am saying this over my horses, the beast of the field will honor me. I constantly, every time I ride him, I'm like, you will honor God in the name of Jesus. I say that all the time, because you need your animals to honor God. You don't need them to act a fool and do crazy things. You need them to honor God. So I tell my animals that they will honor God. That's it. And I expect them to, and they do. But going back, God says, don't remember the former things. What is he saying? He's saying, I don't want you, first of all, I don't want you to remember how I did it in the Old Testament so that you don't get bound by religion. But on a more practical level, I, that is really practical, but for day-to-day -day life, he's saying, just because I answered your prayer this way one time doesn't mean I'm going to answer it this way another time. I want you to trust me to do a new thing every time. And I want you to stay so closely connected to me so that you'll recognize when I'm doing a new thing. One of the things that frustrates me about being a horse trainer, and it, and it has forever, and anybody who's ever ridden any kind of performance horse can testify to this, but I've had barrel horses, I've trained rope horses, I've broke rope horses, I've fixed them, I've fixed barrel horses, pole horses, whatever. All kinds of horses. One of the most frustrating things about horses is that they anticipate you. If you do something over and over and over and over again to get them to know how to do it, pretty soon they'll start anticipating you. And we in the business call it cheating you. Like a rope horse will, will get to a steer and try to turn before you're ready. A barrel horse will try to turn a barrel before you're in the right spot and they wind up hitting it. So. Horses will try to cheat you, and the reason that they do is because they think they know what you want and what you're going to do. And in some situations, that's okay. Like when I go and I get the halter and I go out there, I want my horse to know that I want to come get them so I don't want them to run away. That's okay in some situations, but not all situations. But right here, God is saying the same thing to us. He's saying, don't remember the former things. Don't just think you know me so well that you can anticipate the way I'm going to answer your prayer every time. Look to God. Remember, he called you so that you would understand him. When you hear that phrase that God is mysterious, he is. But he's given you the mind of Christ. He doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us so that we can search him out. We can get closer to him. We can know him. I challenge you today, any question that you have for God that's bothered you, go to him. Say, Lord, you called me so that I would have understanding of you, so that I would understand you, so that I would know you. Explain this to me. I have done that so many times, and God has given me some of the most amazing revelations. All right, beloved, I'm going to wrap it up, but I look forward to the rest of these videos on Isaiah. Remember, I love you, and Jesus loves you.